the Podfix Network. Hello and welcome. This is episode 170 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> From indie film to studio films and... Everything in between. How to get them. How to make them. <laughs> how to... How to get them made. Close. And how to try not to... Fuck it up. In our very, very <laughs> humble opinion. Yes! <laughs> I am Charles Alderson. I'm a writer, director and producer. I'm delighted to have on as our guest on the Filmmakers Podcast today, Danny Draven. He's a horror legend uh, and he's one of my fave horror people ever. So I'm delighted to get him on. But before we talk about him, uh, you've heard him already. He's the fantastic Robbie McCain and he's my co-host for this intro. Hello, Robbie. You all right? Hey, Giles. How's it going? Pretty good, thank you. I think he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's right? good. It's coming out of yeah. lockdown. Isn't it time we come out of lockdown? It is. Let's get some filming done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Are we close? Are we close to any movies? I think I might Hopefully, be. maybe. Yeah. Have you been cooking up a few ideas whilst yeah, we've Yeah, there's quite a few lockdown? things in bubbling along and mm. now it's a case of are those investors actually going to put the money in how can we actually do it safely all that kind of stuff is now being put into place so yeah. all the rules that directors uk have set out um and the government rules as well are just they're they're in place and it's doable we can make movies it's just now who dares go first you know who dares put the money in what the insurers saying so they're insuring you basically but uh the caveat is if someone gets covid at the moment it's kind of your issue so it's just trying to balance that out so we're getting there we're getting there what Fantastic. about you yeah i've been actually been starting to write a few projects myself actually sort of collate a few ideas where you know how it is you have things spinning around percolating around your head mm -hmm. and you uh you feel like oh if only it was the time to actually um solidify those into ideas and actual scripts and stories and uh thankfully i mean the one positive thing of this situation is we do have that time <laughs> if we're you know working remotely or from home to to do that so yeah can't wait to hear them buddy can't wait to hear all about them <laughs> absolutely so should we talk to our lovely listeners thank you so much for listening by the way really appreciate it Let's talk to them about this week's guest. Now, you edited this. Thank you so much for doing that. Do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts, what, what you gain from this as well as what other people will gain? Yeah, well, Danny, as you'll hear, he's a lovely guy. He's really enthusiastic and passionate about he, what, what he does. I mean, he's really like a, a filmmaker of doing rather than, you know, not an armchair filmmaker. He's gone out. He's made hundreds and hundreds of projects. He's been part of things. You know, he's jumped in from the start of his career. Um, you know not necessarily caring about like even if it's like a sort of pulpy b-movie horror film he's still in there he's like learning the tools he's you know he's become a accomplished filmmaker through that school and he so many sort of hidden gems and nuggets of knowledge uh, for you guys today to hear totally yeah he talks all about his cine study academy as well uh, yeah. he also sent me some links for um, Danny Draven's Master of Terror which you can get on Amazon now <laughs> and Danny Draven's Horror Vault both of those links will be in the show notes uh, they're both about in the UK and the USA and they're just fantastic insights into how to make movies he's also got a brilliant behind the scenes uh, of how he made his film now which one was I think I think it was Ouija's Halloween night. I think it was Ouija's, yeah. So, and he actually live streamed that over YouTube live. Live streamed? Yeah. The whole making of that film. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. It is. Yeah. And he made it in four days. 
So he made that movie <laughs> and he made another movie, which I think was Deathbed, in four days. He tells know, you all about how he nuts. did that um, through full moon pictures. He also talks about Stuart Gordon a bit, doesn't he? Which is really interesting. Yeah, of the great reanimator fame. All to come, listeners, all to come. <laughs> all to come. What makes a good horror film? Here it comes. So, Giles, what's happening with King Arthur? Ah, so... <laughs> Arthur and <laughs> okay. Merlin. Thanks, Robbie. Uh, Arthur and Merlin, Night's Candle is out on July the 13th. That's literally under two weeks away. Um, we were Amazing. trying to have a premiere. It's almost impossible. We're going to do a try drive-in screening as well. That just was way too pricey. Um, so we don't know what we're doing. Might just have a cast and crew screening. But it is out on July the 13th. It is happening. It is available uh, for all those people to see, which is just crazy. Because we shot it, it feels like just like five, six months ago. Um, yeah. And now it's yeah. out. Um, link to that is in the show notes if you want to support please do uh, and the serial killer's guide to, to life thank you Robbie is uh, <laughs> uh, has been that's released. on Showtime right yes yeah. yes it has thank you Robbie um, it's, <laughs> it's on Showtime in the USA so it's on Sky nice here one. in the UK and Showtime in the US of A so go watch it do support if you've got that Go support means the world to us. So fans of sightseers, you know, kind of gritty English kind of black comedy horror, um, definitely check that out. Uh, and I thought you were talking about Arthur and Merlin then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it is gritty. It's not a comedy, comedy horror, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and make your film. Yes. When's the next event, Giles? Uh, July the 9th, so three, mm. four days before Arthur and Merlin is released. We're doing another Make Your Film online special where any donations go towards film and TV relief fund for the COVID relief fund to help filmmakers. So it's only a couple of quid anyway to join. And obviously it's online for about three hours. And we have amazing guests. Dara Resnick, as you know, I announced a couple of weeks ago, and she's a showrunner for some amazing TV shows. Uh, and our second guest we've just announced is the fantastic fantastic Todd Garner uh, he's the massive uber Hollywood producer of hits such as Black Hawk Down and Tag and Haunt and the upcoming Mortal Kombat reboot so that is July the 9th link to that is in the show notes come join us it's going to be a fun one isn't it Robbie absolutely and if you've been to any of the other events you know how great they are and it's just an amazing masterclass of talent and you basically it's basically like a, a film school for uh, it, are we charging it? Is it a pound or something like that? A couple like of that? quid, yeah. You can yeah. at least do it's a couple a, of quid. It's basically like a, a slice of film school for a couple of quid. Why not join? Perfect. It's a perfect way to spend an evening <laughs> if you're Thank a film you. fan and you're, you're into, uh, if you want to get involved with the UK film industry. There you go. Um, July the 9th. Come join us. Why not? Wherever you are in the world. That's what's so great about the online stuff. Hence yeah. why we got Todd Garner to join us. <laughs> I'm so excited. So, shall we get to today's episode with Danny Draven? Sounds good. Yeah. Let's do it. Here's my chat with me, Giles Olsen, and Danny Draven. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, Danny. How are you, buddy? Hey, good. How are you, Joss? <laughs> oh, I'm good, thanks, mate. So let's talk about you and your your journey because you know, for me, you're you're one of my horror heroes. You're in that bracket of an indie filmmaker, and what I preach on this podcast and what I try and achieve as a filmmaker is getting out there and doing it and not waiting oh, for anything mm. and just getting out there. And you're one of those guys. Yeah. Danny Draven's <laughs> been like your name has been around for a long time, and I've I've, I've read your book. I've well, all of them actually. But oh. I love the filmmaker's book of the dead. I think it's absolutely uh, fantastic especially you know being a horror filmmaker as well thank you I think, thank you uh, a book like that is just perfect if you like the book and the information that's in the book that 
anything new will now come in the form of my Cine School Academy, which will just be able to, you know, sort of fill in that that missing gap of uh, 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 more updated material and more more and more information. Um, and that's not your only book as well, because you've also got genre filmmakers and and talk you to death as well. You know, you've made three yeah. books. It's an incredible achievement. But yeah, so those yeah, books are available you. as well. I think it's it's great. I'll put a link to your website and people can um, find them for sure. Um, but I wanted to talk yeah. about you and your journey and getting there. So, you, you know, the inspiration for other filmmakers out there who are trying to do sure. what you do. So from what I can tell, you, you did a lot of editing when you started out. Was that something you were naturally very good at? Was that something that just came to you? Editing, I think, is always I, I've always been uh, particularly drawn to that part, particularly post post-production in general is kind of one of my if not my favorite part of the filmmaking process but um the editing actually came out of just the sort of um doing everything yourself Mm. in the filmmaking and um i mean i was one of the lucky people to have learned how to edit on on film so i my first editing was you know, 16 millimeter. Well, actually it was eight millimeter, eight millimeter back in the super eight back in the day. But in, in film school, my first experience with actually editing a, a, a short film was bench edits, rolling it through the, rolling it through the, you know, mm-hmm, the, spoon, the movie yeah. scope yeah. and, and, and physically cutting splicing film together. And I was, we were, we, cause I was shooting with bull X's and H the H 16s nice. and all, you know, the, you know, mm. 16 millimeter, uh, cameras um, that we were shooting uh, color reversal uh, film at the time and color reversal film, you know, there's no, you know, you're not shooting, you're not shooting negative and then having to make, you know, work prints that you would, or, or, or I'm sorry, work copies that you would you know, sort of cut together and, and everything. So what we would do is when you get that film back from the lab, that was your negative. I mean, that was it. Mm. So every cut you would make, you have to be very, very careful in how you cut it because if you cut, in the wrong spot or you cut a little here uh-huh. or cut a little there or the sprocket holes get ripped up that's it i mean you don't you know you, you so you were very careful in how you edited the um the sort of color reversal uh footage that we got back from this camera so um i don't know i think it just came from from being very careful at that stage to, to on how to edit um and then it just evolved into editing on a flatbed which i don't know if you've ever edited on a steam back i before. haven't but uh, i've yeah. seen one in action yeah but, yeah it's yeah. it's i enjoy i love steam i don't want flat the 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 other method you know going you know is a little more tedious but when you edit on a steam back you know you would have a big screen you got eight plates you know that you so you would literally bring in your movie on all these you know you have your your picture mm-hmm. and then you would have your mag tracks you know and you would sync it all up and then you would roll it through the steam back you know with the little thing and then you would act when you make a cut you unlock and da, 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 and you have to cut the picture and you cut the audio and you splice it and then you relock it and then you run it through again and that's how you you know that's how the history of movie editing was like it, it, for you know yeah, a long time long was time. people editing yeah. that way so um i learned how to edit like that okay. and w- going to digital i was just it was just kind of like an easier uh, way to do it and um mm. and so i'm i'm one of the I'm, I'm i guess i'm very lucky that i was able to learn that way and then uh editing was from that once it got to digital final cut came out and yeah. you know and pre- actually premiere back in the day and media 100 and all that stuff back in the early early days um it was just was just a piece of cake for me from going forward. I bet. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And I've been and kind of been doing it ever since. I edit my own films. I never never let anyone else edit my films really because I just 
you know, it's easier not to. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I've edited a, a ton of films. I mean, even what I'm credited on, on IMDb, which, you know, uh, I've definitely edited more than 200 films, wow. feature films. Wow. Um, but I don't take credit on a lot of stuff. So I kind of ghost edit, you know, a lot of things, but <laughs> is there um, some you don't want credit on? Either? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I don't, I don't want to be. Yeah. I, I would just, you know, rather, I mean, cause I own a po- post-production company and a lot of stuff that I, I, I edit, I don't normally take credits on and stuff but definitely over over 200 films at least i mean tons of stuff for full moon i've edited for uh stuff for sci-fi channel to you know disney yeah lionsgate you've done everything lionsgate uk yeah a lot of stuff a lot of stuff as a director you know i I couldn't tell you that you know one of the most important skills that you can have as a director is definitely to have a strong background in editing Mm -hmm. because really really editing is the last um, well, even now it's probably more like color correction and color and grading and stuff is probably the last frontier, but certainly editing and, um, color correction is sort of that last, uh, um, last stage where you can really shape your, your film, you know, uh, and, and, uh, more, more so now with, with, uh, color, color correction, yeah. you know, I've done, I've done things in color correction that. I'm literally like relighting scenes, you know, mm-hmm. with, with the way, you know, with, with stuff I've been doing. So, um, but yeah, very, very important if you're, if you want to get it, become a filmmaker is to learn how to edit. Totally agree. It's something I've, I've been saying on the podcast for a while, actually. And I'm glad I learned to edit. I taught myself online and it was <laughs> the hardest thing I've ever done. I, well, it's not, yeah. but it was one of them. It was there. It was just so frustrating trying to get it to work on your own. And I wish yeah. I should have gone to a little school, paid a little bit of money and done it. And, but, I learned myself and now I'm yeah it's so important not that I edit my films but I know how to edit them so I understand when I'm shooting what goes into the edit I'm very careful about that absolutely Mm. and 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 it's important and even if you don't edit want to edit your own your own films I mean not everybody look not everybody is an editor editing is very hard for some people Mm -hmm. they can't there's a lot of people and that doesn't mean you're not a good director just because you 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 don't edit you don't edit, Agreed. you know, or anything like that. That's, that has nothing to do with it. No, tell you, but you do need to understand editing and how you can manipulate the image and how you can manipulate story, how you can manipulate uh, pacing, all that stuff. Uh, you, you have to have a very good understanding of, of editing and storytelling in general. Mm-hmm. I, I can take takes that are good and I can make the actor look good. I can make the actor look bad. I can screw up the pacing. I can, I can, I can arrange the story in, in a way that makes no sense whatsoever. Or I can arrange it in a way that, you know, that, that helps it. And then you have to think, especially on indie films, you have to really think outside the box. You have yeah. to think like, what can I do to, to extend the running time or which we do a lot, or what can I do to, um, you know, to buy some stock footage and, and, and make this scene a little bit more interesting. So, or make the budget look like we, it was a little bigger than it was. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. And, and, uh, that those are other ways you have to sort of think outside of the script that you have, uh, in front of you and how you can just visually make it work with any way you can. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I, I, I really think that's important just to understand it is, is just vital. Um, and mm. yeah, and I think an editor's job is really can, this is the third place where you shape the movie, you know, properly. That's where you can take out characters, take out scenes. You can oh, yeah. reshape you. Like you say, you can make an actor look fantastic who was not getting away with yes. it. A scene that didn't yes. really work. Now suddenly works. It's, it's incredible. Well, I, 
Yeah, it, it is. It is incredible. And uh, I mean, I've worked with Michael. I mean, I, I did a movie called Patient Seven yes, uh, with brilliant. Michael, I, with my, the great Michael Ironside. Oh, indeed, and I yeah. directed, got to direct him, which was a, a awesome because I was a fan of his since Total Recall and yeah. S- S- Starship Troopers and all that. But but, you know, we were shooting ridiculous amount of pages a day you know i mean shot the whole movie in freaking four days did you and um and and yeah and and i mean you know it was such an amount of uh, such an um, a crazy amount of lines that he'd have to go through every day that like he literally he had his script in his folder (laughs) and we were and we were just not but but you know but again i mean as an editor i'm able to i direct kind of like an editor, you know, because I know, like I do very little takes. I know exactly what, what I need to get. And then we're able to move very quickly. Um, but I mean, with him, you know, you know, it was just such an, uh, an enormous amount of dialogue to get through, but you know, you, you have to sort of think like an editor and just say, you know what, I got this, I got that, I got this, I got that, I got this, I'm going to cut to that. I'll, and then I can do a little, I can do, I can have him read some of these lines off screen. Cause I know I'm not going to be on screen for, you know, so the, <laughs> you sort of edit as you make it, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, that's just, I don't know. It's just a style of filmmaking that I'm used to and, and how, what I do on every film. And, and, uh, and again, it's, it's, it's a, it's a vital, I think, skill to have. Oh, I, I totally agree. But I, I want to just jump into this. You shot, patient seven in four days yeah wow mm-hmm. i didn't know that that's incredible for those of you who haven't seen patient seven yet do go see it i can't believe you shot that in four days um yeah but your yeah. editing skills there will have come in massively because you'd have gone well i don't need the wide on this scene because i'm not going to use it or i'm not going to spend too long on the wide because i'll use it for the opening or let's just jump from there to there and just get that line i imagine you were working that way well- yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, on that particular film, um, what I had to do is, um, I mean, I had to cut a lot of shots. I mean, you know, you go in with sort of a wish list and you end up getting like maybe 20% of it. Um, so I had to cut a lot of shots just because of time. But um, we, uh, I had to block shoot a lot of that film. And uh, for those of you who don't, might not know what block shooting is, it's, it, it's, it's sort of like um, in that particular film, uh, the, the vast majority of the movie takes place in this doctor's office, you know, do- the doctor played by Michael Ironside. Mm. And um, we had to jump around a lot. And I was going so so behind on setups, I ended up block shooting all the master shots right. for pretty much the whole most of the stuff in that room in one series of, uh, of takes. And I hate doing that because it's it's it saves you time, but it's it gets very confusing very quickly on like what you got, what you didn't get. And particularly when the, when the actors have to go in and out of different emotional states, mm. which in his case was a lot. Yes. Um, it's very difficult. For so, them. so it's yeah. very confusing for us. It's very confusing for the actors. Mm. I don't recommend doing it really, unless you really have to, cause it's really, it really gets very confusing quick, but yeah, I had to do that. And, and a lot of other things in order to just make up on the lost time that, uh, that, we had on, on, on that, you know, when you're shooting, you know, fifth, whatever it was, uh, 15 pages a day or whatever it was, uh, to, to, uh, and with a star actor, like, like Michael Ironside, you know, too, it's, it's, uh, and, and on you <laughs> and it was union, you know, so you got like, you can only shoot with, uh, you were shooting with union crew. So it's like, wow. the days are only like what, 10 hours yeah. or 12 hours max, I think. Yes. You know, and you don't go over because then they all just they just drop what they're doing and they leave, yep. you know, so you, you have to make the, the time and uh, it, it can be very challenging. Whereas on the indie in the in the indie world that I come from, mm-hmm. uh, we're doing we're 16, 18 hours. We don't we'll sleeping on the ground. We're sleeping yep. on the set. We're, we're eating garbage food all day long. I mean, that's the way 
I made movies, you know, when you start for full moon. Yes. Uh, But once it, yeah, once you kind of cross into sort of more, a little bit, a little bit more of the professional realm with unions and all that (laughs) stuff, you can't get, you you don't, you don't get away. You can't get away with it. Those that don't know full moon pictures, while they did the puppet master series and trances, et cetera, you know, some amazing, amazing horror movies over the time. So, yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. let's, let's come back through your journey a little bit because it is fascinating because you, you pretty much learned on the job, I suppose, at Full Moon Pictures. Is that right? Did you go straight from your degree to Full Moon Pictures? Is that, how did you get the job there? How did it work? Because that's sure. full on. It's great. Sure. Um, well, I mean, after after I uh, graduated from film school, I was uh, in Bo- I was in Boston, Massachusetts. Is where I went to film school nice. at Emerson yeah. College. And uh, after that, I mean, I had a film degree, you know. Um, and you, you know, you mo- I moved out to Hollywood and. Uh, I was kind of determined to get into um, a company that was making uh, like I never had the I, I never wanted to get into a company that was making like the big, you know, sort of blockbuster type movies because I knew the the path to getting to be a director w- it, it w- is practically impossible unless you're, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's very slick. Very so, and at that, sorry, um, just I, to jump in, Danny, at that point, yeah, did sure, you sure. know you wanted to be a director? Was that something that was... Oh, yeah. That's exactly... You knew you were like, this is what yeah, I want oh, to yeah, do. Oh, yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, cool. I knew. I knew. I've always known that. Yeah, from when I... Uh, from when I came out to Hollywood that I wanted to be a, a director, you know? And uh, so I focused on trying to work for companies that I knew were making more of the independent stuff, you know, because yeah. that's just my what I prefer. Mm. Um, and... Uh, it was kind of a long, oh, I mean, I, I, I did all kinds of odd jobs, you know, we would pay in my dues and worked on stuff I wouldn't even mention now. Um, <laughs> the only way I was able to get into Full Moon was through their web department. Right. So I I ended up, because I was a web designer as well, I, I was I had a lot of experience with web design and uh, tech, and I, I could hand code HTML and all that stuff, which I probably forgot now, um, that, uh, at that time. So I, I had sent them something. I had an interview. I went into full moon. They had, I saw all the puppets and the thing. And I was like, man, I, I would, I would love to like work here and maybe get to direct a movie for them one day. Mm. So I did the interview and, and, and the guy called me and, and basically said like, no, I'm sorry, you know, we're going to pass on you. Oh. So I actually didn't get the job oh, Jesus. the first time I went into full moon. Yeah. <laughs> they told me, to, they basically told me to fuck you know, right, the, yeah, the, the, right, the, yeah. the heck off. So, um, I ended up, I was a little, I was a little disappointed I could, because I yeah. really liked full moon. I really wanted to get in. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, uh, the, I ended up, uh, cr- creating a new website, a new, a new portfolio of all this web design stuff that I could do. Sent it to the guy again, like two weeks later and said, Hey, I, I was just, you know, I did this new thing and I, I, I'd like to be given another chance and blah, blah, blah. So he looked at it. It was really cool what I did for it. Yeah. The guy looked at it. He actually called me. He called me on the phone and said, Hey, I admire your tenacity. I admire your tenacity, bro. Why don't you, why don't you come in for a, another interview? So I did and I got the job. Mate, I and, love and, that. And, uh, I love yeah, the fact yeah, that yeah, somewhere yeah. you really wanted to work and you said, I'm not going to take yeah. no for an answer and I'm going to do what that's I can exactly to get it. it. That's, yep. that's what it's about, mate. I love yeah. that. Yes, uh, that's exactly how it happened. I, I still remember him calling me again and just being like, you know, yeah, I admire your destiny. Come in. And then he's just like, OK, you got the job. And then uh, and then you like, went, and this oh, was, shit. Oh, now I've got to do web yeah. design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this was the and this was the well, keep in mind, this wasn't in the film department. This, no, there, this was in strictly in web design. So I was doing marketing 
website design for pup, the puppet master movies. Mm-hmm. All, I, I mean, I originally, I created their original full moon, you know, full moon features.com or full moon pictures.com and the big city pictures, all those websites. Nice. I, I was involved with the, the uh, designing of them back in the day. So I got to know people there mm-hmm. when obviously, cause I was working there and uh, slowly kind of, you know, I met up with a with a group of people that um, I ended up living in the same apartment building in North Hollywood <laughs> that they were in, and yeah. I don't know, just kind of we we just all were independent filmmakers and friends, and one thing led to another, and the one one of the guys was making had a sort of producing deal for full moon. And, um, I just got involved with making movies with them and editing movies with them. And then just kind of over years, it just kind of evolved into, uh, me making films directly with, with Charlie band. Um, can you, can you remember uh, your first, (laughs) can you remember your first one back then? Can you remember how it happened, how you felt, you know, because it's a, it's a big deal. Your first movie, even, even if nothing happened. uh, Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, my, my first my first feature film with Full Moon uh, was a was a like sh- I, I don't even if I can if I can even say shoestring budget, just no string, no, no budget. string it was budget. Such, yeah. a, such a no budget movie. But <laughs> it was this this movie called Horror Vision. And it was a it was basically like the poor man's matrix, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> uh, and, um, with all these like long drawn out, like montages and, uh, anyway, cause we were trying to get to a running time. Cause back in those days, if you had to have at least 70, uh, four minutes of movie, but because mm-hmm. we shot it so quickly and with no money, it ended up being like 60 minutes. So we had to pad it out God, with yeah. a lot of <laughs> driving montages and stuff. <laughs> so anyway, my first movie with full moon was, was this movie called horror vision. And, um, it was a lot of fun. I worked with Mac all when I met Mac Alberg who shot reanimator and all this stuff. So he shot, oh, he shot, man. um, the film for us and I was, yeah, I was 21, I think at the time. So you made your first feature um, film at 21. Uh, um, 21 yeah wow yeah. for full moon for, for full, full moon, moon yeah, pictures yeah, yeah mate yeah, that's that's just incredible that and uh it just kind of went from there man uh, yeah it felt it felt pretty good and, and eventually william shatner hosted it on sci-fi channel yep. for this for this show called uh uh back in 2004 or 2002 called full moon's fright night where william shatner actually hosted 13 full moon movies and horror vision was one of those oh, movies and so cool. uh i was involved in that too in, 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 a, in a way for uh, the post-production into things um and it was yeah it was it was on sci-fi and the whole deal and he kind of got on and done did like this sort of, sort of tongue-in-cheek thing with it and it was really quite entertaining that's so good um, how nice did it feel so, for to have the whole gang sort of um you know championing your movie as well being part of that team once you'd made it and you were in the edit was the moments when you went oh oh, i fucked up here or was it just no no i I feel it's all right you know because i think that's really interesting um yeah i mean well certainly when you finish the film like that and you you know and you know that movie we we we, we shot we shot very quickly and we we and back in those days we were pioneering um but now it sounds like a joke, but back in those days, shooting on video mm. and getting it released was kind of a big deal because nobody was really doing it, but like George Lucas, you know, and that yeah. was back like before 24 P before 20. That was, that was back when we were shooting on DV cam mm. or mini DV or DV cam yes. yeah. on it interlaced. So we were shooting 2997 and then we would take it into 
a film looking process and we, we had poor man way of doing it too at home, but using plugins and after effects and you know, all that stuff. So we were shooting video and, and, and getting this stuff released at blockbuster video and, um, in the U S blockbuster video in home, in all the home video markets and foreign and everything else. So we were kind of pioneering this back in the day. You're, you're now with the yeah. team at full moon, were they just like, cool, let's go make some more. Did you then keep coming up with ideas about what to do next? I made another movie for, uh, uh, for them called hell I, we did this movie called hell asylum and um then eventually when by the time i got to make in a movie for them an urban it was like an urban horror vampire movie called crips yes um i started then that was when my company started producing um for them it was more like a direct uh deal that i had with them at the time and basically charlie ban who uh at the time was just Tell basically like, hey, we we want you to make this movie for thirty five thousand dollars U.S. dollars, and um, and I was like, okay, (laughs) even then it was not a lot of money, uh, so. Uh, So yeah, so we made I made this movie called Crips. Mm -hmm. You know, basically we were making these sort of made to order movies and they would say well look we need you to make a because i didn't i didn't like wake up one day and said you know what i want to make an urban horror vampire film that wasn't how it happened what what it was is they i i got sort of a reputation of being able to pull the make these things very quickly cheaply on time and very profitable so they would say make us a movie uh right now urban horror was very popular right um so what so uh that's how that movie so we just make us an urban horror movie and we need it in in like a few months and so i did you know it's thirty five thousand. i made it in a few months and it was out in blockbuster within like six months it was very fast this is and, just wonderful and, and um that's how that happened and then we went right into another you know we were make i was going to make like two three movies a year for him and we went right into another movie called the grim <laughs> called the grim rapper <laughs> uh, which I, I had started to develop and I hate, but I hated the script and, and, and I actually wasn't directing it. I hired another director to do it. Right. And, um, and I ended up actually quitting on the film cause I was like, ah, this movie's going to be so bad. So I quit and immediately got, got on to doing another film for them called deathbed, which is how I teamed up with Stuart Gordon. Cause Stuart Gordon and I were, were, were kind of friends and he was very interested in kind of seeing how we were making these movies so cheaply and quickly, you know, cause he's used to, he was used to making movies like Big movies. fortress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so um, we ended up teaming up on deathbed to make, uh, to make a movie together for only $25,000. Cause that's how much that was made for wow. 25. And, um, it, yeah, we so we we made this very quick movie called Deathbed, and uh, it was it was a script he had, and um, I just kind of came on, and we kind of partnered up to make it uh, for Full Moon. And uh, how are you? How are you actually sh- making them for this kind of money? Then are you? Is it literally everyone's doing it for pretty much nothing? You know, is it is it like you say, sleeping on floors? Is it everyone like who wants to do this? Who's coming together mm-hmm. to make it? You know, is it because it is a fast turnaround as well, and you are getting them in Blockbuster, yeah. and they are doing really oh, well. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. it's a bit yeah. like okay surely you you know it's the time for you to be getting more money and saying well look at least give you some money to eat (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i know well i mean the truth the truth of it is the long the the truth of it is i i went into a lot of personal debt on all this on those films Uh, a lot of them uh i spent a lot of my own money actually uh just because i wanted the extra crane or i wanted this or just to pay the bills Mm. or whatever i went into a lot of credit card debt back in those days wow uh, to make those films but uh let's just say like a film like deathbed for instance i mean i shot the film in eight days um everybody everybody got everybody got paid like i wasn't i wasn't begging people to work on the films i mean everybody got 
paid, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, like for instance, like the D, uh, um, the DP, the, you know, production, we had a production designer. I mean, they weren't getting paid a lot, you know, I I think, I think back, back then it was probably, I think around eight, around a hundred to $150 a day was probably what they were making on those. But, you know, it was an eight day shoot, you know, um, we shot probably 12 to 14 hours a day and it was, you know, um, sometimes we had a day off, I think, and then we would shoot maybe four a day off and then four. Um, but essentially, you know, we, we, we were making, we were, everybody was getting paid and they were getting their, their money at the end of the day and getting fed every day and, you know, and the whole thing. So it was, it wasn't, um, it wasn't like slave labor or anything. No, I mean, sure. we were feed, we were feeding people, you know, there, there was lunch every day. There was craft service. It was a real set, you know, um, but, um, it was just done very cheaply as all. So I had a very minimal amount of people on, 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 um, on set, on set yeah, you know, and I was, yeah. So, and, and po- I saved a lot in post, obviously. Yes. Uh, and, uh, production was expensive because we were shooting these in Los Angeles. So, um, mm. I was paying location for locations. I was paying for, um, we did, own, we did own the equipment, most of the equipment. Okay. Um, but I was paying for sound guys, grips, uh, you know, food, uh, the whole deal. And you're producing uh, as well at the same time. So you're, I was producing those, you're yeah, organizing yeah. everything and shooting it. And <laughs> wow. I mean, what did yeah, you, what yeah. did you learn mm. from that for our filmmakers now listening? What, what tips and techniques could you have done differently or what was really good that you went, I'm glad we did that. Well, I, I, I mean, looking back on, I think the most important thing you can do on any low budget thing is to don't be too cheap when it comes to things. And what I mean by that is, um, or don't over, don't overburden yourself, uh, with, 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 um, too much to do because you end up with probably not as good of a movie as you could have had if you would have delegated the work a little bit more. Mm. And what I, what I learned to really, to really help was to delegate a little bit more. Cause I, I, I'm kind of a, you know, I like to think of myself sometimes as a jack of all trades. Well, I can do that. or I can do that. I can do that. But then you overwhelm yourself and nothing ends up getting done. So you have to really delegate it, particularly if you're making a movie in a short amount of time. And this this is true to this day. This is how I do it. And, it, and it's really just a matter of delegating it out. And I, I, I'm very I like to get a very strong uh, management team on board. First thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, a line producer, a dedicated line producer is probably the one of the most important things for me to get off the bat dedicated line producer and a dedicated upm if you can afford it um but at least a line producer at least somebody who's not creatively involved and is just helping you making sure people are showing up on time doing phone calls you know the whole deal because um it can get very um very hectic uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, if you don't do that so get a strong management team in order uh, from the get-go and it doesn't again you don't need a whole department you just need like one it, one guy that's just like okay i'm your line producer and i'm going to get everything done you mm-hmm. know great uh but preferably at least a, on the hundred and between like a hundred and the two hundred thousand dollar range which is kind of a general budget range for like um in, independent films uh with with, with you know, I mean, real, you know, sort of budgeted independent films yes. under 200,000, under 250,000 ish, um, get you a strong, a strong management team in order for sure. Uh, and, and, and make sure you at least, you at least fill all your department heads and give them, give them as much as they need, you know? And, and, and like, and what I mean by that is, uh, don't have the, the, the guy who's doing your costuming also doing your craft service, yeah, you know, make yeah. sure that you dedicate those team members and, and really get your, your, your team in order and your, your production will go 
just so much smoother. It really will. Don't double up on duties. It just, it just is not, it sounds good on pay. It looks good on <laughs> financially on mm -hmm. paper, but at the end of the day, you really need dedicated people uh, in those departments. Don't skimp on your camera department. Don't definitely don't skip on your, uh, uh, your sound department. Um, it, you just, just bring together a really tight, well-oiled team and you can just make movie after movie after movie with the same people and that's what i tried to do is always i was always using the same people because we always we always um we knew each other and we knew how each other worked and i knew who was good and who was a good egg and who was a bad egg mm -hmm. you know and, and who wasn't gonna be complaining if we went a half over half an hour over and i tend to surround myself with those people who were um who, who were like that yeah and, good uh, team so, players. We, we made yes. movies after movie and i would recommend i recommended them too to a mm. lot of other jobs after i think that so. i think that's very important i think for any filmmaker out there who's going into a production role or as a runner or whatever it is assistant or you know a line producer upm is to be that great team player because how the indie film works is you get recommended as danny just said you Absolutely. move forward and you move up because someone calls you up and says hey do you know a good scripty and you go actually i do but if the person you just worked with is terrible there's no way you'd recommend them or they're horrible or they moaned or complained yeah if you want to be an indie filmmaker absolutely just got to get on with it right i mean <laughs> there's a a list that and then maybe it's just uh, you know a hypothetical thing but if you were a person that had complained or you're a person that didn't show up on time uh, or whatever whatever the problem was i mean i mean and you, you know we all know each other like i know so many different horror filmmakers yeah. are uh, not just horror but i mean i've you know just producers directors totally, yes. composers everything and we all we all will recommend people that we know are 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 good folks one they do good work two they're not complainers they're not a pain in the ass you know and, and i have recommended so many people for jobs i mean i i just i've recommended uh uh I, there's just too many for me to even say and yeah. it's not just filmmakers it's actors too mm -hmm. no when, definitely. and, and, and yeah. actors actors don't realize this when they come into an audition w with me i'm in the room so yeah even even usually in the first the first call in the first um group of batch they'll come in some of these people come in and ah oh, man i'm just like i'm horrified on how 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 rude some of them are <laughs> yeah. how unprepared some of them are yes. and i'm like you know that i'm going to remember you people are going to remember you you know and it's like it, it's really terrible mm. um and Agreed. Um, but I recommend actors all the time. I'll say, oh, he's great to work with. Such a professional, you know, and, and, and there's other actors I'll say, oh, you don't definitely don't want to work with him. Totally. <laughs> and it goes the same way. Even so. if someone who's really talented, but is a pain in the ass, not, not working with them. It's just, I don't care. I'd rather work with someone who was a little bit less talented, but were brilliant yeah. on set and everyone loved to have around because oh, yeah, for it's sure. so hard on a film set. It's so much hard work. It's if someone's annoying or a pain in the ass, you've got to deal with that. And you don't want to deal yeah. with it because there's so much other stuff yeah. to deal with. So yeah, yeah, hire good well, star, people. Star star actors are a pain in the ass too. So. Yeah, why is that? There's just yeah. no need. They just that? they're just they're just pampered and they're just they they can be a real. So if you're if you're making an indie film and you think you know oh we got to get a star actor in here, mm -hmm. you know I mean not you know not all of them obviously no. are like that. But no. if you it, it, but if you hear something about one of them from another, like you say hey you worked with that guy, what was he like? And they say oh he was a he was a horror to work with. You might <laughs> want to think about another a choice because yeah. honestly they can really screw up your film mm -hmm. they can they can slow you down to a halt um and so you really want to pick name actors that that you know are what i say low budget friendly and are sort of you know take direction or don't need much direction mm -hmm. to, to to work with because um uh it, it can really uh, can really uh 
put a big giant kink in the wheel if you get the wrong person on set, you uh, know, because totally especially agree. when you're shooting 10, 15 pages a day, you don't, you don't, you need a well-oiled machine. You don't need a cranky old actor who says, what, you know, I gotta, I gotta do what? <laughs> so uh, they're used to shooting a half a page in, uh, in two days, not 15 and one yeah you know so no absolutely I, I think that's great advice and i think it's absolutely vital i think yeah that the pampered star is true if you hear a rumor it's probably true i mean hey there's always yeah. someone has a bad day that's the thing people do have bad days and they might not have gone sure. with that particular person so do your homework and don't just ask one person ask three or four if you can who've worked with them call danny up and go danny you must have heard something about this person you know and that's yes that's what we do as indie filmmakers we all help each other the amount of calls i've taken and I've asked, hey, what was this person like? And I'm honest because you've got nothing to lose, you know, I'm very honest. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you're the same. So you went, yep. so you went from, you know, you're now directing indie movies for 20, 30 grand. And then you kind of kept going. You, you went on this journey and your films were doing really well and you were getting a reputation. How did you keep carving out that career? Were you still editing at the same time? Were you still getting money in that way so you could go off and do, you know, lower budget sure. indies? You know, ever since I started producing, you know, as a, uh, producing for high, you know, producing for hire, yeah. I had started my own sort of production company. So, um, my company has always had a post-production uh, outfit to it. So we could do editing, DVD authoring, Blu-ray authoring, closed captioning, pu fixing post problems. I had a full, you know, sounds you know sound design uh pro tools the whole i mean anything you can possibly think of we were we were doing but at the same time i was a re i was producing um uh, things for other companies and for also for my own company yeah i mean i i, I still remember uh, i made this film you know like uh, uh back in the day uh, called the offerings mm -hmm. uh which lionsgate put out yeah um and uh and again it was uh it was a 100% that was 100 that one in particular was 100% uh my own company's film and but I you know I shot on 35 we shot at Nevada you know it was uh it was a wow. a, a, a fun a, a fun experience to do to do that and again I was producing and directing at the same time and doing the whole thing wow, <laughs> you know and, shoot, and shooting on 35 which is not for those of you who have not shot on film mm -hmm. a lot because a lot of the generations now they nope. know they're like film what is, i've not what is shot that? on film i've not shot it, i want to it's a it's a different it's a different process mm. obviously yeah because um, i like to just, i like to run yeah. like i'll keep going with my take yeah. i like because yeah, yeah. there's nothing because I, I do find that frustrating sometimes when you know everyone will suddenly rush in and touch something up touch a light touch an actor with makeup yeah. whatever i'm like no no they're in the moment they were just about to cry or they were just about to get to the point don't cut don't stop because i'll just right. say and go in and say a little word and say a tiny thing to tweak a bit and get them to go again i can't do that on film right. you know I, no. I wouldn't be able to do it and i love to do no that. um no. how did you how do you deal with it it's a discipline it's a, it's honestly okay. it's a discipline just like learning how to edit on film was a discipline uh learning uh, uh directing on film is also a, a, a very strict discipline especially on independent films because you know you're shooting star wars whatever yeah, you, yeah. you screw up a to take or two, what you know, nobody's going to care. <laughs> yeah, sure. You could shoot film all day long, nobody cares. Yeah. Um, but but when you're shooting on an independent film, you're shooting a 35 millimeter mm -hmm. on 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 uh, under two, well under a hundred fifty thousand dollar film. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, film the the film cost alone plus the developing and the transfer and all that stuff. I mean, you you have to really really be very. Um, 
uh, discipline on how you shoot, how many takes you're doing. The actors need to hit their marks. You know, the, the, your, your camera team has to be top notch because they, they need to be able to pull in the, they need to pull that focus, right? Or otherwise you're, you're just burning through money. Literally, it's like burning through money on a reel. <laughs> it's like, it's just every time you, every time somebody screws up yeah. or oh, you have to do it stunning. again, you, you, you know, it's, it's a hundred dollars oh, gone. You know? it. So, so that's scary. So yeah, that's frightening. It's very, very frightening. but it looks, Frank, if he looks fucking, it looks it looks great. <laughs> I love the, the way day. you went there. From you were going to swear and say fucking yeah. amazing, and he's like, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. And you went down to yeah, looks yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, it looks it does. And and uh, I, I I love I'm a I'm a I'm a film. Um, I love film. Yeah. Um, I, I prefer film over vi- over over any camera. Mm-hmm. Any. Okay. Uh, um, but when I do have to shoot digital, um, it'll it'll always it'll probably always be the Alexa because that's my favorite yes. one of the of the kind of the Alexas and the Reds mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I, I I love the Alexa. I shot Patient Seven on the Alexa nice. uh, with uh, Master Primes and it and I did everything I could to make it look as much like film as possible. Um, yeah. Film as possible. <laughs> of course we do. We grain um, it up and everything in so, post we do. Right. Yeah. Grained it up. Yeah. I pull it, pull, I get the, I get it more silvery mm-hmm. and I just, it just, you know, and, and a lot of that has to do with the lenses you're using yeah. too and the color grading that you have a, a, a process to it. But, you know, um, I love the Alexa, but I mean, we go, uh, the offerings I shot on um, a movie cam compact, which is okay. this big old camera. And, um, Fuji film. We shot on Fuji before Fuji went out of business. Okay. Um, we, I had, I bought all this Fuji's 35 millimeter stock and I just, I mean, it was great. I, I, I mean, one, I just love it. I just, I just love film in general, yeah. just the, the, the touching it and putting it in the camera and the thing, the gates. And I, and to this day, I, I have, um, I, I still restore old projectors wow. you know, on my own and I still have like 16 millimeter prints of movies and I run it through the you know projectors and um, I have a I still have movie scope and rewinds uh-huh. I, I'll put up I, I can still to this day put up a, 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 you know a, a roll on my on there run it through splice on some leader and run it through my you know the whole deal so I love film yeah, so. I can tell and it's I not dead tell. it's not dead no, it's but not. it is definitely it's, um, yeah it's going to come back it just will it's in its own yeah. way it'll move around when it needs to and, and yeah. I'd love to shoot that I'd love to shoot and one day I will I wonder I will and um, I want to jump back a little bit you mentioned when you were a producer for hire um, and some producers listening now what would mm-hmm. the how's best to work with a director who they might have written it and you're coming on as producer for hire and you've got to worry about budgets and things like that what, what how did you deal with things like that your job as a producer is to support the vision of the director mm-hmm. so and, and and if you don't you have to always remember that that's really your job and you know you don't so don't you know don't step on their creative vision you know you can you can guide them you and that's your job is to guide them on and certain things but and to tell let them know when they're when they're completely off the rails as far as budget you know and time and all that you know obviously that's part of the job producer's job these days everybody's a producer and everybody's a director and everybody's an editor yet no one is (laughs) because i mean you really have to anybody can slap the name of producer onto something but a real producer um kind of feels it, it would be great if they came from the background of being a line producer or upm and they, because they really need to understand production mm-hmm. and how and 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 how it works, you know. And a lot of them, a lot of people don't. They just think like, oh, I'm a producer, you know. It's like, well, have you ever line produced before? No. Have you ever UPM before? No. Yeah. Well, how are you really? You know, what do you do? Well, I, you know, I, I have my name on the credits. Yeah, and, and I, I wonder around. Yeah, yeah. They don't really. 
<laughs> but 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 to be able to solve problems, to be able to support your your director, to be able to to um, support your your cast and your crew, mm-hmm. um, and just make sure everything is running smoothly, problems are getting solved, things are coming in on time, on budget, um, and uh, technically things are, you, you know, you're, you're surrounding yourself with people that um, that you trust because that's important. Yes. You, you don't need to understand everything, but you do need to, you need to, you do need to hire people that you, you trust that if I'm hiring a sound guy that I know that sound guy is going to give me the best sound that, that I can, yeah. you know? And uh, so, and, and, and some of that comes through references too, you know? Right. <laughs> answer. Thank you. Very good. So I suppose I, I want to keep talking about the horror side of it as well. And, um, obviously because horror has been your sort of, uh, livelihood and obviously you've not just done horror, but horror is what you're known for. What you would, sure. what do you think three really important, why just any important elements to make a good horror film first, before we jump back into your, the, the next sort of, uh, three films that you've, you've also just uh, directed. Sure. Three more like important parts of, yeah. Horror, what's, uh, what's just important what, part? what makes a good, horror? yeah. What makes a good well, horror film. Um, I think I think horror, horror for me is um, I, I think you, 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 you it, it comes down to the material. I think first too, mm. you have to really think about um, what kind of film you're making, um, whether that be a uh, a found footage horror film or a com- comedy horror or just a straight up horror movie where your intention is to scare the living daylights out of people or, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I think you really have to. Um, first decide what kind of horror movie am i making what is what what is what is the audience for this film what kind of horror movie am i making and i think once you know that and and, and you know your you, it'll make your other decisions that come after that a, a lot easier mm-hmm. <laughs> um so if i'm if i my if i'm setting out to make a slasher film okay yeah. i i know my audience i know the genre i know the the other films i know the comp- comp- competition films that are coming a lot of scares you know you have a lot of scares you're gonna have, a, have to have a great uh, monster whatever that's you know like something like a jason or Mm -hmm. you know uh really um pick out uh the story elements that you can exploit i mean a lot of the (laughs) horror 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 is an exploitation type genre Mm -hmm. you know so you 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 know whether that's uh the the naked the naked girls at the pool or the slasher uh monster uh, character monster you know a character and just you know, make it really stylized if you can, because that those are, that that's that's really helpful um, to have sort of a, a stylistic uh, approach to to making the film. That's great. Um, yeah. Um, but but I think I think it comes again. It comes down to the script, really. Just you know, have a because I, I read so, you know so many scripts that just the story is just so not really there. And, and um, you really got to make sure that you have, in horror, I think in particular, make sure that you have a really good um, concept overall. I think that's very important. A great title, great concept. And then obviously a good script, you know, you got to have a three, you know, at least a three act structured script there. You have a, you got to have a beginning, a middle and an end. <laughs> yeah. And so many movies do not have a beginning, a middle and an end. Most of them, it's like a beginning and then an end or a, a middle and an end or just a beginning and <laughs> nobody really could figure out there. You know what I mean? You at least, you, and don't overcomplicate it. You know, mm. you, you're not making a, you know, you, you, you're making a horror picture. So, uh, you, you, at least from my experience, you, you, you just focus on making a, 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 
a well-structured horror film. Just just have a beginning, have a middle, and have an end. Have good actors. Have a great great monster if it's a monster film, or a great uh, what you know effects or whatever. And just uh, you know, and and uh, give the audience something that they want. You know, yeah, and uh, yes, and and go from there. It's it's really not that complicated. It's it's kind of that simple. Um, and you know, do you put your own spin on it? You know, if you, if if you have your own idea on how a slasher should be made, great. But that doesn't mean you can't still have a a, a sto- you know a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Totally. You know? Don't 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 kind of go off the rails with like, oh, my movie's so different. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna not have all those or tell it backwards yeah, or something. Yeah, you know, because you because know, yeah. you, you might you might alienate your audience yeah, totally if they don't might. understand. Well, and and talking about the gore side of things in horror, because we touched on it a little bit there with the slasher. What what. what is the best way to get really good effects because a lot of people go oh i'm gonna go make a horror it's cheap i can go do it but they miss the most important thing i think which is getting the gore right getting the blood right getting the the wounds right all that what do you think what have you learned over your time that really makes that stand out um well definitely what's what's going to stand out is hiring a good effects artist no no. i mean that is that's obviously step number one but you know the um and and you know, I mean, I've 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 worked with a lot of great makeup effects artists, but um, I've actually had a lot of them have trained on the sets too. You know, where I'd have a really good makeup effects artist, and he would bring like four or five of his assistants that are just learning, mm-hmm. but they're very talented. And so we would have like a team of six people, but they're all very talented. Um, so I would say, um, you know. on the indie level if you can get someone who's a teacher at a school or somebody who's just you know look at their portfolio and make and see that they can do the work and do court work and in in and uh hire people that are really good at what they do and 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 a makeup you got to be careful though because i've made this mistake before where i've hired um I hired a, a, somebody who was a local hire, and the reason we do that is to save money, obviously, mm. as opposed to bringing one of my friends from LA, which would have been the better choice. Sure. I hired someone who was a makeup artist who could do beauty makeup for all the actors, mm-hmm. but could also apparently, apparently could, yes, do, yeah. could, could do some, you know, some gore effects yeah. here and there. And I, and I was like, I kind of trusted what they said and I saw one or two things and, uh, and <laughs> first day of first day of set of shooting with the monster effects. Yeah. I, I went into the room. I didn't do a makeup test before. So I went in and I saw, I saw it and it looked, it was dreadful. Oh, it, was, no. it was horrible. And, and, you know, and I'm shooting on, I'm shooting. Um, <clears throat> I got the crew ready. We're ready to go. There's no time to redo this. This stuff takes hours to get into. So I ended up bringing them out. And we ended up shooting the scene. And uh, it kind of was that way for the whole shoot. And so what I did was, because of being a post guy, <clears throat> is I did something called digital makeup in post, which okay. is basically I had to take... Well, I cut around a lot of the bad stuff that I didn't want in there, which was unfortunate because it didn't make the scene as good as it could be. And then the stuff that was in there, I ended up doing like face morphing and tracking their face and adding like veins and all kinds of like stuff in post in order to fix bad makeup. So yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a problem, you know, and you, you want to, you want to make sure that you're, if you're going to do gore, if you're going to do stuff that makes sure you're hiring people that are experienced with, uh, uh, with doing it and also hire people that can do it quickly mm-hmm. because everybody is always going to tell you that it's going to, you're going to say, okay, we're ready to do the heart coming out of the chest. And it's going to say, oh, well I need two hours, you know? And it's like, no, you got, you got 15 minutes, you know, <laughs> you need people that are, are, are 
can roll with those kinds of sketch that can do it very quickly and, and good. Yes. And, yeah. and another key to making that stuff look good is make sure people you're hiring people that are used to doing film effect, like gore for film mm-hmm. and not for like photography, yeah, you know, very different. for, for mm-hmm. thing. it is very different. And because we, you know, you get them on set and then things are lit and people are moving around and, you know, and, and, and you know, and it's like cut and then you got, they got to wait. Meanwhile, they're bleeding. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure people are used to the film end of things and how that looks. And it's going to look different on film. And you want you want to work with a DP who's used to, who can light, who can light gore and, you know, who can light blood and it can make it look like it's real as opposed to like when it's really fake because you know if you over light stuff like that like for instance uh you're, you're going to start seeing latex mm-hmm. and you know and i so you really got to be careful on how you light that stuff as well yeah um, that's great I'm certainly so I, good yeah, so yeah, good yeah. yeah and i you can look i mean i've i've screwed that up many times so i mean you could look at some of their stuff i've done like oh man what happened <laughs> you know and, and, and you but you learn you know of course you, you do time, and looking you know, back yeah, you know so. you can always do that looking back you know at the time you've probably been like that's great it's great but you know you can make mistakes but i think that's great advice hire the best you can possibly for your budget but if not research them massively and get do some tests do some camera tests if you can afford it i mean yeah absolutely. yeah well you, there's no excuse now uh-huh. if you, you know, yeah even on your iphone if you, you can if you have if you, an app on it you, will do yeah. it yeah. yeah 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 absolutely so yeah. what do you what do you think is the easier easier genre because horror you know I, i've done both horror i've done drama and i've done historical action etc and i found uh-huh horror very difficult because not only you, you've got uh, an audience who uh, specifically love horror and they will call you out on a bad bit of vfx or a bad storyline or whatever um yeah do you in your mind is horror harder than drama per se i would say yeah and yeah mm-hmm. because and the reason i say that is because horror um horror is a very especially now i mean back in the old days you know back when film was just being <laughs> discovered you know i mean remember that i think it was the was it the great train robbery yes. you know they used to they used to show that and when they showed that in the theater people ran out yeah because the train was coming towards the screen mm-hmm. and they actually thought it was coming at them they were terrified mm-hmm. they ran out of the theater the same with the man in the moon i they mean believed that yeah. there's a man in the moon yeah. because they had exactly. not seen it absolutely and, yeah and then now 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 where are we yeah. i mean you got a movie like hostile mm-hmm. which is like some of the most graphically disturbed i mean i i'm not personally i mean i i, I don't really like those kinds of films because it's just disturbing to me Fine. but but i mean you you know you, where things have become so extreme yeah to, and people are so desensitized to the violence mm-hmm. to the blood to the to the whatever horrible things are happening to people on screen to where people keep trying to make it more and more extreme and extreme and extreme and extreme and, and i i personally don't like that i i, I hate that actually okay mm-hmm. um i it, for me for me it's more about it's more about the um what's behind the closed door yeah you know the you know the like psychological the psychological side uh, of it. the psychological yeah. side of things yeah. what, what what is behind that door that you don't know is there i I've, i think is always going to be more is always going to be scarier and this is something i learned from Stuart gordon having been um, um god rest his soul oh, now no. he just passed away last week yeah. but he um i learned so much from him about this and uh talking to him a, a lot about about hitchcock who's my favorite director hitchcock nice. um and we we used to study films together i used to go to his house and we would watch roman Polanski. He's uh um, uh, films we would watch Rosemary. His favorite, one of his favorite films, uh, horror films, was Rosemary's Baby. That's a great film. And we yeah. used to we used to study that film uh, together, you know. And um, 
And, you know, and you look at that film and you look at what they did with it. Look how, how the camera was positioned behind people and going in, you know, and, and it just, it just, just the way it was done, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I think I learned a lot from him on, on that stuff. But I think... Um, just for those who don't uh, know, in case you didn't know who yeah. uh, Stuart, Stuart Gordon was, he's just very, very well known in the horror world, but also uh, as a brilliant sort of, you know, in that filmmaker world, Masters of Horror. He was he was just one of those guys. He did Reanimator, which is the, the big one, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, you know, he's uh-huh. he was known for a lot of lot of big movies. He was a great, great guy by all accounts as well. And he sounds it if he was a, a good friend of yours as well. So, yeah, yeah sad yeah. loss. And I, well, was the sad loss, I was lucky to lucky to have got to make a movie with him and be, yeah. spend a lot of time with him uh, in the process and definitely learned I'd say a lot of the directing uh, and the things that I learned I learned from him and I taught him a lot of technical things that he was wow. uh, trying to figure out and so we, we kind of had this great relationship like that but um, but with horror you know I mean I mean um, things that again things have been um, uh, things are, have gotten more and more extreme, mm-hmm. you know. And, and if you remember the Hayes Code back in the golden era, forties, no. fifties, and early sixties, okay, uh, mo- movie censorship, you know, what, 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 you know, God, you yeah. couldn't even have like the depiction of a sexual act on film. Mm. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was that that crazy back then. And now, look, now look at where we're at. I, I mean, with horror, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I would say, I mean, for for me, it's um. It's definitely going to be uh, uh, more of the psychological end of things. Um, that's what I prefer. That's what I like. It's okay. not to say that you can't do whatever you want, you know, mm-hmm. but um, that's always going to be for me the strongest because the imagination will definitely fill in those blanks. And I suppose that's what's really interesting about your movies is that they are very psychological, you know, Patient, patient 7 and, and even Real Evil, which was your found footage, you know, horror. Yeah. <laughs> it was still psychological yeah. elements to that. I mean, quite a lot, really, you sure. know, and. And that, that's really interesting that that plays out in a lot of your films. And I think, yeah, we, we sort of do uh, sort of move to the area that we, suits us, the area that we find most enjoyment from. I think that's where yeah. we go as filmmakers. Look at Christopher Nolan's a perfect example. He's going, well, I want these really sort of out there sci-fi movies that have a, a, a through line and a, 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 you have to think about them, you know, and he's gone, well, that's what I want to make. So he's making them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's interesting. So then you, you know, yes, from definitely. then you, you, you're still making movies. You're still doing it now. And, and Ouija's um, Halloween night. <laughs> let's, talk, yeah. let's talk about this because this is brilliant. Yeah, sure. I, I have to explain myself. Yeah, <laughs> please one. explain yourself. And I'll play the trailer because yeah. it's so much fun, the trailer. So explain what it's about. I'll play the trailer and we'll talk okay, about it. Well, okay. Uh, well, I'll tell you the quick, the quick, <clears throat> story on this one yeah. um full, full, so full moon full moon had made a lot of these sort of like uh what should i how should i say it these sort of like weed movie like evil bong and <laughs> um all this stuff back in the day yeah. you know and they, so when when this movie they, they charlie band who who i've been friends with for over 20 years we've, we've been making movies together for a long time um, we, he, he, he did this thing called the deadly 10, which is going to be 10 movies by 10 different directors yep. over a year or two. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to be one of them that, and, and, and I kind of had to pick on kind of for the most part of what, what I kind of, what I wanted to do. And he had thought, uh, he had thought about this movie, um, uh, about doing one of these sort of weed movies. And, um, I was just, I, my, my first reaction was no fucking way. And I said, no, I, I, I turned it down. I was like, no, I'm not doing e- uh, an evil bong prequel or whatever it was right. at the time. Cause I, I personally don't really even like, I don't like those films at all. I hate them actually. Um, but I, I said, no, I'm not doing it. No, forget it. And 
And then we were talking about some, maybe some other stuff, like maybe Sideshow 2 or one of these other things. I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, and then I got to thinking about the weed thing, uh, the, the, the weed angle on this again. And, yeah. I, and I said, you know, if we did this in, in a certain way, uh, because it had to be kind of, one of the caveats was it had to be sort of a weed bait, it had to have a weed theme in it. And okay. I go, okay, whatever. So <laughs> I, you know, ended up coming up with this idea on, on basically making, making ghoulies. This is really what it is. There's a ghoulies, a ghoulies movie in Vegas during Halloween, but having that funny weed element into it. So we created this movie and it was called, originally it was called Halloween night. That was the name of the film. And we ended up over time, we sort of developed these characters and we ended up calling them Ouija's like, 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 uh, like a Ouija board. So we called it Ouija's and they they come out, they come out of the Ouija board. Um, so anyway, um, so we ended up retitling the movie called to call it Ouija's Halloween night. Right. Cause it it means um, sequels though, by the way, doesn't it? I suppose. Yeah. 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 And, and, I'm, I love horror comedy. It's yeah. one of my, I, cause honestly, I, I have a hard time taking, I don't know, maybe I've just been doing it too long or something, but I actually have a really hard time taking horror seriously. So I, I, <laughs> cause you've I, seen I, it I all, wanna, you've done it all, you know, I, 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 how just, I don't, happen, I yeah. don't exactly. And I just, I have a hard time with it, man. I, I, not to say I can't do it. It's just, I prefer horror comedy. So I was like, oh, this is a great opportunity to want to one, get to work with rubber monsters. Cause I love rubber monsters. Um, two, um, to do add some comedy in here and just make a goofy fun movie and then i had the idea of throwing it back to sort of like 80s fun and the whole thing uh, and this little new cult classic ouija's halloween night was born and strangely enough film threat gave it an award <laughs> so um and just recently that's um, so cool and and, and, and it's it's entertaining I, I i'm particularly fond of it i just really enjoyed making it i had fun making it i think when you watch it you'll see that the filmmakers had fun making it which is important uh, right you want you yeah. want that you know a certain filmmakers we know exactly. how hard it is to make a movie and the fact that you're on set having fun and that comes across yeah. is so it, and, important and, and, yeah yeah and in this movie it does come across and i think that's why people enjoyed it because one of the important things as a director too is you you, you know you want you don't want to you you don't want your audience to think you're trying to pull one over on a try, trying to think that you're outsmarting mm-hmm. them or anything like that. When you watch this movie, you know you're going to know that you're in on the, you're in on the joke. Yeah. You're in uh, I, I, you you know that I'm not sitting behind the camera trying to show you a movie that you're supposed to take remotely seriously at all. I mean, the movie's <laughs> called Ouija's for you know <laughs> Halloween. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're I'm I'm there to take you on this goofy, fun '80s throwback rubber monster, mm-hmm. quirky, weird, bizarre movie that you're not going to get at your theater. this entire hotel for the whole night. This is going to be the greatest Halloween party in the history of Halloween parties. The party was supposed to start by now. You have to believe in miracles. That's your miracle. Okay, I know you're supposed to be dead, but you're way too sick. I would love to play. I have another game in mind. Behold, the witchy ball. <laughs> Insatiable they are. Blood be their munchies. Meet the weed cheese, man. They be true party animals. <laughs> 
legal. We made it in, uh, we shot it in, was it four days? I don't remember. What? Four days. I think it was four you days. Are you serious? Yeah. The whole movie was shot. You in love four your days. four day shooting. How do you? Uh, no, I don't actually. I hate. It. I don't. <laughs> I, I do not prefer can't. that. How do you do? <laughs> how do, do you do it then? How do you physically? I know oh, you said, it, but, but for something like it's, this, you've got puppets. You know, you've got. Yeah, yeah. With puppet, four puppets. Uh, three, actually, three puppets and, and one, one one little person <laughs> in an outfit. So, no. How how, yeah, how is it possible to shoot something this cool and funny in four days? Um, so, but yeah, those four days, I mean, you know, we shot at a hotel and we literally bought the hotel out right. for two, two full days. And then because we couldn't buy it out for all the days, um, we ended up having to shoot around people actually using the hotel <laughs> the other two days, uh, which the the hotel because it's in las vegas was a swingers hotel brilliant so get them in yeah two days we had it to ourselves right. crew everybody was staying at the hotel including me um and the other two days there were swingers parties people were at the pool topless doing all i mean, I mean literally i was shooting around people walking through my shots oh my people coming in checking no. in it was a it was a horror show trying to do this yes. um but you know i don't know somehow we were able to pull it off and um i uh, i i actually only had to cut i don't know i had to cut a few pages out of the movie and i had to do some things here and there to make it all work but at the end of the day I ended up getting it all shot you know well and, done, uh, man. Well it, done. it was not 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 an easy shoot no. I, I why why did you why did you choose to do four days was it a budgetary thing or budgetary budget total budgetary right. it cost uh that hotel alone was like i don't know like eight it was like eight grand a day just to you just to shoot on it and shoot in it you know yeah. um no it was budgetary um i i wanted originally originally i was promised it was going to be a six-day shoot ended up being four wow. and a half you know yeah. so yeah it was uh, tough that's tough you must have tough. been yeah. absolutely lucky you must have slept for a week after that. Did yeah you? i did yeah i did <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um i shot some stuff on my own after you know here and there some we did you know some plate shots and all that stuff so we did we did do some like insert day type shooting but yeah. principle was like was very 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 fast and and how um, do you and you know and how do you distribute something like that then is i mean obviously you know full moon have got their own uh arm of that is that what it was sort of so it was like look go make this movie for very little money and we'll put it straight out. We know how we can sell it. We know how we can make a return on investment. Is that the idea? That one in particular is, of course, this full moon, hundred uh, percent full moon, and um, mm -hmm. you know they have their own distribution arm for for it. And right now, it's only available through their apps yeah. and through their, um, their their subscription, all that. And I think that'll eventually it'll you'll see it in even more places. But um, um, yeah, you know they have their their kind of. Full Moon's kind of unique in that way. They kind of control their own distribution. They have their fan base, and I think other companies like uh, like Troma and mm -hmm. Asylum and all these other places that are making kind of movies too that that have their own uh, channels and their own um, distribution uh, outlets. It was a blast to make. Uh, I had I had nothing but fun making it and i definitely hope that came across <laughs> so, these puppets were made from scratch i mean tom tom yeah. devlin who's my effects guy yeah. tom devlin is a talented dude he's got a team of people he is a 80s 
uh, f- uh, a fan just like I am. So we 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 had a blast making this, and he sculpted each one of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, you know, I mean, made them like you would make them back in the eighties. Mm. You know, they were they were they had um, animatronic eyeballs in them, and uh, I mean, the whole deal. I mean, it was a it was a it was pretty pretty dang cool. It's very cool. And um, if you want to see this, um, you can it's yeah. the, the behind the scenes video. Um, yeah, is on YouTube yeah, of uh, Ouija's Halloween night, the complete behind the scenes journey and it is yeah. brilliant it's over an hour 30 minutes an hour and an hour it's like longer than it's like two watching the movie yeah, twice yeah. it's like it's, the- it's brilliant it really really well, is. you know what you know what's really I should uh, tell you about that movie um, too is that I didn't touch on is that's the first movie in history that was entirely live streamed on the internet the entire movie making Every Gosh, day yeah. that we shot, 24 hours a day, two can or oh, not 24 hours a day, I'm sorry, just yeah. the time that we were shooting, which was 12, 14 hours a day, um, with two cameras, was live streamed on the internet. <laughs> Anything could have gone so, wrong. I love it. Every, no, you heard, I mean, we were, people were saying stuff that I'm like, dude, don't, you yeah, know, this is being, live. Yeah. We got like, we had like thousands of people tuned in every day from all over the world watching this. It was the first time in history, actually. Wow. So, um, yeah, that was, that was one of the, that one of the things. No, no, no studio would do no, that. No, never. Kidding? They'd be so you scared. Absolutely. Well, you get first of all, you give away the movie and the plot yeah. and everything else. But but I mean, this, so this this was really unique. I mean, it was a really unique um, uh, thing that we did there. Uh, uh, and um, w- the behind the scenes and stuff you see is kind of like you know just clips of that. But yeah, I mean, we have fifty plus hours of or over a hundred hours of stuff, you know, that from shooting that. I can film. imagine. I can um, imagine. So, so, so anyway, yeah. I, I had to mention that because I didn't know it's that great. Was, you uh, did. That's one of the things I forgot to mention. So yeah, you, you can uh, watch that. I'll, I'll leave a little link in the show notes as well. So you can see that I'd recommend it to any filmmaker, uh, regardless of what genre you're in. It just shows you how to make a movie. Um, and it's just brilliant. I just didn't know it was yeah. four days in yeah, total. That's, that's crazy stuff. Yeah. Four days. And I tried, uh, you know, when we were streaming live, I tried to talk to the camera and yes, like, people know it know what we were doing and all that sort of thing and uh um but um no i, I just had a blast making that film i, I really did and right. i i love horror comedy it's my favorite combination yeah yeah of I stuff imagine. so uh i imagine yeah. so uh what i mean look you've, you've had this great career what what's are you going to keep going with this you still want to make more horror you know i can see from you know the bits that are potentially in you know that you're doing at the moment um i don't know what's happening with obviously with covid right now and whether things have stopped or sure if you're sure. kind of at the moment going no no i'm still going to make more horror or what's the plan for you what's the journey now um well, I mean, I mean, I've produced other films. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I look, I produced a film just two years ago in Ohio at Robert Kurtzman's uh, studio there. Uh, a, a good friend of mine named Billy Butler, yes, who directed oh, was this it. Three it, Bears movie, Christmas, Three Bears yeah. Christmas. Yeah, it was. Right. It was a. It's a total kids Christmas movie with talking animals, full costume, the whole deal. I mean, Billy, Billy wrote and directed and proved, but he brought me on as producer as well. Mm-hmm. And, and we had a blast making in that film. And, uh, it's one of the only films I actually have a brief cameo in Congratulations. Uh, but, <laughs> as a human being, I, <laughs> as a human but, um, well, but, uh, it's no, and, and, and it came out really great as I, 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 I really love that film as well. And, uh, but no, I mean, I've, you know, I'm trying, I, I like to branch out into other genres and mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, horror. Obviously, I have a massive background in. Yes. Um, so um, now, will will I make more horror films? Sure, I'm sure I will. Um, I, I, you know, but I do tend to prefer more of the horror comedy or or psychological horror type films. Yeah. Um, so I, I do see myself probably making more in the future. Uh, but certainly, I like to branch out into other. Uh, 
other areas. Um, um, if it's sci-fi is obviously a huge fan of sci-fi. Um, I'm a, a massive, massive fan of Westerns. Mm-hmm. We've just prepped a Western now, actually, that we might shoot. Oh, you did? Yeah, and we're very excited yeah. by it. But whether it happens or not right now is a is a, another question. But yeah, we've got, yeah. we've got one ready to go. And we're very, we're just, it's something I've always wanted to do. And so you go, oh, well, let's yeah. do it then, you know, let's put it to the top Absolutely. of the list, you know, let's do it. Yeah. What are we waiting yeah. for? Um, yeah, yeah. I love westerns, yeah. man. I love westerns uh, and uh, psychological horror westerns. I mean, you Ooh. know, I, I don't really. I mean, I'm kind of kind of old school when it comes to this stuff. Like, I don't watch. I, I rarely watch anything modern. I, I, I mean, I'm pretty much TCM, like you know, Turner Classic movies. Nice. I watch the whole much everything. Channel, yeah. I watch <laughs> is from the 40s, the 50s, God, the 60s, yeah. the 80s. I mean, that's just. I just. Yeah. I don't know. It's just my my cup of tea, I guess. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, then, then, yeah. That maybe that's the way you want to go <laughs> next is make those kind of movies again. Bring it all back. Shoot on film. And I hope so. Make some forties <laughs> movies. It'd be amazing. Um, Danny, this is this has been so, honestly, this has been amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. Um, could you give us a, a, a little course. bit of advice for? Um, I know you've given so much, but is there anything you can leave us with for independent filmmakers, someone starting out now, perhaps, or someone making their second or third movie? Sure. Um, well, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice, uh, I think, for independent films is pay, pay a lot of attention to um, your script and your cast. You know, um, I, I see so many movies that the, the, the script was actually good, but the cast is just ball. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, yeah. Hitchcock. Hitchcock used to say that seventy five percent of directing is casting. I think it's more, and and, and, and I think it's even more <laughs> yeah, than that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and and it's hard. Look, it's hard. It, like sometimes you you're making a you're making a low budget movie. You don't have a lot of money to pay a mm-hmm. cast, or maybe you're non you're non union and stuff. Yes. And you, look, you pick the best people that come in, and that's all you can do, and do the best you can to work. Work with them and 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 make get the best that you can, mm. but man, it is just so important to really, really cultivate good acting talent because really, um, they are they are the um, the lifeblood of what people are going to watch on your screen. I mean, I mean, yeah, we, you know, good cinematography, yeah, great sound, yeah, great post, yeah, but really, movies are about the actors, you know, and about the the, the characters. And when you get when you get people on there that are just not pulling it off. It's just no matter how good the cinematography is, no matter how good that dolly shot is that you planned out, mm. it's just not going to hold up um, if you got if you got um, some boogers in your cast. Absolutely. So so absolutely, man. I I mean my <laughs> my biggest thing is just I mean look I've made I am not. I don't I just just say you look at some of my old movies I got some of the worst acting that you've seen I, I am not I am guilty 100% of having boogers in my cast and having made all kinds of mistake and put, <laughs> having to put producers girlfriends uh, well, in my films yes, I did not want yeah. I've had believe me I've, I've done it all so but um one of the the biggest enjoyments I get out of casting now like more modern stuff and uh, is 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 um finding new talent and you don't need you don't need some old star that was famous in the freaking eight you know no. 80s or 70s mm-hmm. or whatever just to add name value that stuff is so like not important these days i mean there's a lot of great fresh talent out there but you really have to understand as a director um what good acting is and what bad acting is and if so a lot of people they just don't they, they just look they'll, they'll look at looks or they'll look at this but you really have to understand the difference between good acting and bad acting uh, when you're casting and and, and honestly, I don't think a lot of people can can make that 
differentiate, you know, differentiate the the difference between what is good and what is bad, um, or they're miscast, or they cast somebody who's really beautiful in a in in, in a cat in a part that well, is not appropriate yeah. for for yeah. that, you know, and the people get miscast. So casting, man, casting, casting, casting. Hey, that is got yeah. that is uh, um, the best advice I can give you because if you got a great cast and a great story, the other stuff is just icing on the cake. Absolutely, but, um, you can get away with it. Look right? for good actors. Yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. And oh, and then and another mm. really important piece of advice I can tell you too is, do not be afraid, especially coming from an editor, do not be afraid to cut your movie up. Cut it up because so many directors are so attached to their their movie that you say God, dude you got to cut 10 minutes out of this thing oh i i, I can't I, I i don't know how to i, I can't cut ten, I, I, there, there, you, you get so attached to your baby that you don't know when to throw the baby out into the because it's not working mm-hmm. anymore you have to look at your film and say man you 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 cut you cut this thing together and you you think it's beautiful the way it is Always look at it and, and, and say, man, I got to cut more out of this. I got to cut more out of this. Yeah. I cut, I cut Ouija. Ouija was originally like a hundred minutes long. No I way. kept, I kept cutting it down. I was like, I was like, nope, cut that scene. Out. I cut whole scenes out of that. Wow. Film. And I was just like, it's just too freaking long. Yeah. Get yeah. on with it. Get on with it. So always cut your film up and just, just look at, don't look at it from your perspective. Look at it from like people that are sitting down watching your film, especially when you got dialogue scenes that are going on for like five minutes and yeah. stuff, cut it down, cut it down. Yes. So, um, that, that, that's probably one of the best advice I could give you is, is, is cut your movie down <laughs> and, and, and hire good actors. Love it. <laughs> Two brilliant pieces of advice. We do a lot of, uh, live events as well with the podcast to make your film events. And I know we've gone online now with it. And I know that you do that with your cine study uh, Academy as well. It's an online course. So luckily you've had that going for a while, which is great. I mean, by the way, any filmmaker go have a look at this course, cine study Academy that Danny runs. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But I think I think things like that are vital now for us to just keep going, right? I think it's more important that people find their way and not sit on their own and actually do courses online and Zoom is massive now and all that kind of thing. You know, I, well, I don't know if now everybody's afraid to sit next to somebody in a in a classroom. I know. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, uh, Absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, like with my Cine study thing, I was never, that was never the intention, but, but it, it's nice to have a, a film school online that you can just get what you need. And, you know, I mean, as, especially as a graduate of film school myself, I, I, I feel like, you know, there, you know, four years of that and you really, you only needed certain, certain subjects that you, to, to do your own film. Mm. Danny Draven, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, my pleasure. And um, where can people follow you on uh, socials? I'm on Twitter. So um, I, yep. it's at Danny Draven. Um, and I would say that's probably the best place to find me now. I'm not really on Facebook or or uh, Instagram anymore. I just, I, I'm not particularly fond of them services yeah. anymore, but definitely on Twitter. Um, and also at cinestudyacademy.com. That's my film school that I have right now. And, um, it, and right now it's, it's sort of the, it's very baby like there. I mean, it's very, and it's, it's sort of infant stage right now. And I, I do plan mm-hmm. to expand it to be much bigger. I haven't really done much marketing on it now, but if you're interested in just checking out, there's a lot of free stuff on there right now. You can go there, you can sign up, you can have access to like a lot of free material. You don't even have to do, you just go there. It's uh, cinestudyacademy.com and you can just go there and you can watch all kinds of free videos if you sign in and stuff. So those are really the only, the only two yeah. places that I'm, 
you know, on so Twitter and uh, Cine Study Academy for now. So, and that's yeah. perfect. And honestly, I recommend you go there. Oh, it's so much good stuff, and it's for free. Why would you not? Um, your filmmakers, you're listening to this, you clearly want more information. Go there. Um, absolutely, highly recommend. Um, you can follow us at Filmmakers Pod. You can follow me at Giles Alderson, uh, and get out there and make your film. And remember, if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it is your duty to send the elevator back down. Danny Draven thank you very much thank you for having me and uh don't don't be an armchair filmmaker like you just said you gotta get out of the armchair and go out and actually make something because honestly honestly you know following up on that do not think that somebody's just going to hand you money out of nowhere the best thing that you can possibly do that i've done and so many of other my friends have done is they 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 pick up they pick up the camera they get their own money together and they go out and they make their own film and really that's that that is really the key to getting started is to go out and make your own film and the other stuff will kind of follow after that so best of luck to you guys or break a leg i should say <laughs> there you go amazing thank you so much danny um we will see you all next tuesday until then go out and make your film even if you're locked inside start writing it scripting it and getting it out there to whoever to read you can go even go online now and get actors to do a table read for you whatever you can go out there and make your film but we will see you next tuesday take care everyone thank you bye bye bye